This morning we want to consider a message from God from Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 8. We're going to read God's Word under the heading of a tale of two trees. A tale of two trees from Jeremiah 17, beginning in verse 5. Let's give our attention now to the reading of God's Word. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, nor for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. This is the word of the Lord. My most dear friends, today is a special day as we celebrate the profession of faith of four new members and one more to come in the weeks ahead. When someone publicly professes their faith, it is nothing short of a public acknowledgement that you trust in Christ and that salvation has come to your heart. I do not say this lightly, But in Luke chapter 15, we are told that the angels in heaven rejoice when a sinner repents and trusts in Christ. This morning, in your confession, Jeffrey, Emily, Seth, and Kylie, the angels in heaven rejoice. Salvation has come to your hearts. Salvation has come to this church in your trusting of Christ. Remember, that's what faith is. It's a wholehearted trust in Christ. And so for our Scripture meditation this morning, in light of that joyous occasion, I want to look at the profession of faith of the prophet Jeremiah. Now, profession of faith may be some artistic license here. But the prophet here in this passage, in a sense, recommits himself to trusting in Christ. We should read Jeremiah 17, 5-8 as words of repentance. As words of trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the prophet Jeremiah was living through hard times, wasn't he? If you are familiar with the book of Jeremiah. And he says, if you flip back to chapter 15, that he is struggling to trust in the Lord. We just sang Psalm 1. Psalm 1 speaks of Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, who doesn't sit in the seat of scoffers, nor dwell in the company of the wicked. But if you look at verse 15 of chapter 15, the prophet says, 
I didn't sit in the company of revelers, nor did I rejoice. I sat alone because your hand was upon me, for you had filled me with indignation. He's saying, I did what Psalm 1 told me to do. I didn't stand in the way of sinners. I didn't sit in the seat of scoffers, yet Lord, you still didn't bless me. So he complains. Look at verse 18. Will you be to me a deceitful brook like waters that fail? Here we see the prophet Jeremiah is doubting whether trusting in the Lord leads to a blessed life. Might put it this way, is trusting the Lord the right way to go? Yet, as we have looked at our Scripture passage this morning, we see that the prophet counters his doubt with trust. And he gives us a parable. And this parable illustrates the difference between trusting in ourselves and trusting in the Lord. A tale of two trees. And what this parable shows us is that trusting in the Lord is not to be a one-time event. It's not a Sunday tradition. But to trust in the Lord is the daily calling of the Christian. You know, the public profession, what we've seen this morning, that's a one-time thing. But trusting in Christ is to be your everyday calling whether you professed your faith 10 minutes ago, 10 years ago, and for some of us, longer than that, we are called day by day to trust in Christ. To day by day trust in Christ. And he shows us this with those two pictures. There's a cursed shrub, verses 5 through 6, but there's also the blessed tree, in verses 7-8. through eight. The cursed shrub. What does it mean to trust in yourself? The first picture he gives us is one of a shrub. Commentators seem to agree that what the prophet here is likely describing is a, a dwarf juniper tree. This is a tree that has a shallow root system. If you uh, go home this afternoon and you Google uh, some images of the dwarf juniper tree in the wild... Uh, It's kind of impressive because it grows up in between the rocks and you'll see that behind it there's no grass, uh, there's no other shade, and it sort of sprouts sprouts up in the wilderness. Now, I think we as Michiganders, uh, at looking at this tree, uh, would probably describe it as an ugly tree. Uh, It's not pretty. Uh, It doesn't stand tall and strong. It doesn't provide much shade, yet... Uh, it is a good example of something that can grow up in the Judean soil of the wilderness. Yet the prophet here uses it as an illustration of trusting in your own ways. And what you need to see from this parable here is that the shrub, there's three things about the shrub you need to see, really. We see that the shrub is alone, it's parched, and to live in the wilderness means it will ultimately die. Look first at these words, or look first at the idea that this shrub is alone. 
The prophet begins with these words, Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Cursed is obviously a very strong word. A word which God uses in the Old Testament and the New Testament. uh, But God does not take lightly. And if you remember, when Israel was about to enter the promised land, God said that they would be cursed if they forsook Him in the promised land. If you would like some light reading this afternoon, go home and read Deuteronomy 27, where God says 12 times that they will be cursed. And the underlying principle is this. The people of God will be cursed if they forsake God and they do not love their neighbor. They will be cursed if they forsake God and they do not love their neighbor. In other words, God's people will be cursed. They will not have life. They will be alone if they live for themselves. And here you're seeing that same word in the same tense in chapter 17, verse 5. Jeremiah here is pronouncing the covenant curse upon Judah. And what we need to infer from that is that they have forsaken God. They have not cared for their neighbor. He's pronouncing on them the covenant curse. And the principal way the prophet says you have forsaken God is that you have trusted in man. When Israel entered into the promised land, did God want them to trust in other political alliances? Did God want them to go to the other nations and make alliances with those kings and those countries? The answer, of course, is no. Did God go into... Did God lead them into Canaan and want them to make alliances with other gods so that they could have fertility and fruitful land and whatever other manifold gods were out there? The answer, of course, is no. God brought them out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Do not fear or be in dread of the other nations. They were not to make political alliances. They were not to look to other gods. Very clearly in the Old Testament, God is to be the strength of His people. This is said all throughout the Old Testament. Listen to these words from Psalm 146. Put not your trust in princes. Put not your trust in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. But blessed is the one whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. That's what leads to a blessed life. The Scriptures say, trusting in the Lord. Yet here the prophet is given a hard calling. Prophet Jeremiah says in chapter 1, verse 6 of this book, was called to the office of prophet at a very young age. And he was called not only to comfort God's people, but he was called also to tell them that judgment was coming. That Babylon was coming. And so the prophet Jeremiah had a very 
difficult ministry as he goes to the leaders of Judah. And he goes to the people and he tells them, you need to repent. You need to trust in the Lord. Babylon is coming. But instead, the people run to Assyria. They even have political dabblings with Babylon. It says they run to other gods. They go to the Baals. They go to the Ishtars. They even begin to practice child sacrifice in Judea. That's why they are cursed. They are trusting in themselves. Man trusting in man. So Jeremiah says in verse 6, you're like a shrub in the desert. As I said, the shrub is alone. And if you look back at verse 5, it says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. That word turn away literally can be translated as to stand aloof. They are alone, spiritually speaking. Alone because God is not with them. Because man has not trusted in the Lord, because man has trusted in man, they have literally taken themselves out of God's presence and put themselves in the presence of another. And as the Psalms so ably put it for us, to be far from the Lord is to live in a solitary and a lonely place, isn't it? But as we think of the shrub, not only is it alone, but it's said in verse 6, to be in the desert, shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. It makes you thirsty just to think about it. And this analogy is all the more powerful when we remember how desperate Israel was, Judah was, for water. These were a people who lived in the wilderness that to not have water was to not have life. They're desperate for water. To put it another way, water in the ancient Judean culture is a life and death matter. You know, we can even understand this analogy here in Michigan. When it's really hot in the summer and there hasn't been much rain, what happens to your lawn when you don't water it? We all have brown lawns. The grass dies. Here the prophet is saying, it's the same way when a man doesn't trust in the Lord. It's the same way when a woman doesn't trust in the Lord. You will ultimately wither and die. The one who abandons God will wither and die. You see, the juniper tree is a tree that can grow in the Judean wilderness because it has a shallow root system. It doesn't penetrate into the water beneath the surface. And this, as I said, is a culture that is starved for water. But our Scripture verse this morning actually finds itself in the context of a drought. If you flip back to chapter 14, verse 1 of the book of Jeremiah, 
It says the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah concerning the drought. These people were in the time of a drought, and this tree, even if rain did come, probably wouldn't get much out of it since its roots are so shallow. So the analogy here is that there is a tree that exists in a dry, dry wilderness. But even if the rain did come, did this tree benefit from it? Verse 6 says, no, even when the good does come, it doesn't get any of it. So the image here in our minds needs to be not a juniper tree that is thriving in the wilderness, that is strong in and of itself in the wilderness, but a juniper tree that is starving in the wilderness. John Calvin even says this is the picture of a tree that looks alive, but is actually dead. You know, nothing can survive without water. And even if the shrub for a little while can survive, when the heat comes, when the drought comes, it will surely wither and die. Congregation, this is the reminder here. Do not put your trust in man. Whether it be our own strength, our own health, or our own wealth, or military, technological, or economic success, none of these things give the life-giving power that a Christian needs in their life so desperately. Another sobering reminder is that if you look at verse 6, excuse me, verse 5, the word Lord there in our ESV Bibles, capital letters, refers to God's covenant name, Yahweh. The audience to whom Jeremiah is speaking here is God's covenant people. These are people who know God. These are people who have likely been circumcised, raised in the law, but have abandoned God Congregation, here is the sobering reminder. Stay close to the Lord. He here is not speaking to the Babylonians. He's not speaking to the Assyrians or the Persians. He is speaking to us. We need to stay close to the Lord. We need to depend on the Lord. We need to not trust in man. Even though at times that juniper tree may seem like it's thriving. It's really only dead and fit for the fire. Another aspect of this, just a word of application, is to live a life in the wilderness, if we're to continue the analogy, is to live a life alone. And to live a life without fulfillment. Congregation, the world, the wilderness, cannot satisfy us. I suspect Many of you, myself included, may have been baptized, raised in the church, but if you ever went through a rebellious stage in life where you said, you know what, that's my parents' religion, I'm going to go out and do my own thing, and I'm going to maybe seek the pleasures of this world, you know that the world can't satisfy you. There comes with being raised in the church, baptized, catechized, 
and preached to all those years, there comes with that an emptiness when it's forsaken. When it's abandoned. You were made for God. You weren't made for this world. And so when you go to the world, when we go to the wilderness, we find that there is no fulfillment for us. Our roots stretch out, but we find nothing. See, our culture wants to tell us that true human fulfillment is found in the betterment of self. True human fulfillment is found in romance and sex or money and business, whatever it may be. But this analogy is telling us there's no lasting value in them. See, the prophet Jeremiah, as I said, I think here is speaking from experience. He doubted God. He trusted in himself. He looked for his own fulfillment. And what he is saying is, I found Nothing in them. Much like the Apostle Paul says. Everything else is rubbish. Everything else is worthless. Compared to trusting in the Lord. Let's look then at verses 7-8. through Trusting in the Lord. The blessed tree. To trust in oneself leads to a cursed life. A life without life. A life without fulfillment. But I want to show you now that trusting in the Lord leads to a blessed life. You see, when the ground is shifting under your feet, when life is flipped onto its head, when our plans need to be changed in a moment, do what, to what, excuse me, do you cling? There have been generally two answers. We can cling to ourselves or we can cling to the Lord. The prophet Jeremiah says, I've clung once to myself. But in chapter 17, he says, I now cling to the Lord. God is not a deceptive brook, 1518, but God is a stream of living water. You could read verses 7 and 8 as the prophet saying, God has always been faithful. He has always been good, but I need to trust in Him. He, the Blessed One, is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots in the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. What the prophet struggled with was this coming threat of Babylon. He struggled with the idea of God sending His judgment upon His people. How can we withstand, excuse me, how can we withstand this storm? The prophet's analogy is this, that there's only one sort of tree that can withstand this storm. The tree that is planted and rooted and prosperous. And so can those who trust in the Lord withstand any trial that comes their way. Look at how the prophet sustained this trial. He says in verse 8, the tree is planted. That very word refers to placing cuttings in the ground so that the tree may grow. While the shrub grows up on its own in a barren wilderness, the tree is intentionally placed in the choicest of places. While the shrub is alone, 
the tree is tended to. The tree is cared for. It is protected by the gardener. The tree is rooted. The word literally means to thrust forth. It's roots by the stream. Unlike the shrub whose roots are, sh- are shallow and it cannot benefit from the good rain, to have an active and a vibrant growth gives this tree strength. And the tree is prosperous. Even in the heat, the prophet says, its leaves are green. It doesn't cease to bear fruit. While the shrub in the desert, drought, withers and die, the tree planted by the stream thrives. Trusting in the Lord is the blessed way of life. But notice here, dear Christian, it still experiences the heat of drought. The prophet said, does not fear when heat comes. It is not anxious in the year of drought, but there is still heat. There is still drought. You know, you can ask anyone who's here who's been a Christian for even a short amount of time. And they will affirm to you that the Christian life is full of trials. Is the Christian life without pressures? Is the Christian life without heat? Is the Christian life without drought? No, the Christian life is still one with trials and tribulations. Even the prophet Jeremiah knew this. He was fearful of the coming judgment. He was frustrated with the lack of fruit in his ministry. He was slandered by the false prophets. He was even thrown into a well and forced to endure the Babylonian exile. There's lots of trials and tribulations in our life. He's not saying that the one who trusts in the Lord doesn't go through drought or doesn't experience heat. But the one who trusts in the Lord will not die. The one who trusts in the Lord does not have to fear their life for their life because they're close to the water's edge. If the shrub is the man who trusts in himself, And the tree is the one who trusts in the Lord. What is the river? If you have a Bible, look with me at verse 13. At the bottom of verse 13. God speaking of Judah says, They have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water. The Lord is the river. Christ is the gardener. The tree must, after being planted in the Lord, thrust forth their shoots into God. It doesn't mean that you will not endure those trials. It doesn't mean that there won't be decay or winters where the tree seems hardly to grow. But the tree always sends forth its roots 
toward the stream of God's grace. Here is a picture of the Christian life. The Christian who is alive lives close to Christ. Remember Christ said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. To be a blessed tree is to be rooted and grounded into the person and work of Christ. This is why we gave these young students, young Christians, a Bible. Keep Christ before your eyes. Meditate often on His work. That's how you endure the heat. That's how you live through the drought of a broken heart, of war, of discouragement, whatever it may be. This is how the Christian is to live. How a Christian becomes a blessed tree. But congregation, we can't speak of a blessed tree without thinking of the cross of Christ. Christ endured the cursed tree that we might be the blessed tree, if you will. You know that word planted back in at the beginning of verse 8. Interestingly enough, can also be understood as the word transplanted. The idea could be this. That you once were a shrub, but the gardener plucked you out and put you near God in the water. And now you're a mighty oak by Christ's work and by Christ's grace. There was once a time when we were promised death when the drought came, promised death when the heat came. But now we don't have to fear because God in Christ has done a work for us. His work is not simply as a simple gardener who goes about his business nonchalantly and without effort, but that he went to the cross for our sake and died a cursed death that we might be blessed. Remember, congregation, that to live like a blessed tree is not simply to have enough. To live the blessed life is to live close to Christ. He is the water of life. In Him is water during the times of drought. In Him is water for cleansing from every sin. Every tree planted in Christ is green and bears good fruit. Stay close to the Lord. Even sometimes when He doesn't feel close to us. Oftentimes when we feel like God is far, we can withdraw. We can no longer go to Him in prayer, no longer reading the Word, no longer being attentive in worship until He returns, His presence returns to us. 
But let us be reminded, dear friends, to stay close to the water's edge. To keep trusting in Christ. To be the tree by the waters that doesn't just stand there, but thrusts out its roots into the stream. So whether you professed your faith 30 minutes ago, maybe even 30 years ago, continue to be rooted and grounded in Christ. Let us also be reminded to continue with the analogy of a tree that sometimes a tree needs to be pruned. A healthy tree is a tree that is tended to and worked upon. Sometimes there's decay in healthy trees, dead branches. And after the gardener comes in and prunes the tree, it looks ugly as all get out. But the tree is alive. The tree that is planted in the streams of Christ does not need to fear when the tending hand of the gardener comes, when we are curbed or corrected, but the tree planted in Christ can still yet grow, even in the disciplines of faith. Let's conclude this morning. Congregation, set before you is the way of the cursed life, the shrub, and the way of the blessed tree. See this morning Jeremiah's profession of faith that the cursed way doesn't lead to life. The cursed way leads to death. But to trust in Christ, to trust in His cross, to trust in the rivers of grace is the way to a blessed life. Let us send forth our roots into Him and find the life we need to endure all of life's trials. Amen. Let's pray. Merciful Father, we do give you thanks this morning that in you there is blessed life. In the cross of Christ, there is a blessed life. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would be pleased to have us rooted and grounded in your work, in what you have done for us. According to our own devices, we are but shrubs in the wilderness. Yet, Lord, you have been pleased to send unto us your Son to give us the grace needed to live as a blessed tree. Pray, Father, all these things in Christ's name. Amen.